0: Coming up on today's locked on Bucks, we get to the fo- the close of the first half of the NBA regular season. Here is the Bucks find themselves the same spot they were 3 years ago. Sort of. We'll explain what we mean. Also take a look at the results from last night around the league, especially the Eastern Conference. Did the Bucks get any more help? We'll examine that and the path in this second half schedule. All of that and more on the latest Locked On Bucks. It comes your way next. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Bucks. I'm Justin Garcia here with you. You can also hear me on the Bucks Radio Network and on 620 WTMJ here in Milwaukee. We thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Viewable on YouTube as well as some of you are joining us on the live component there. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Bucks in Memphis tonight to wrap up this first half schedule against the Grizzlies. I caution to point out it is another shorthanded Memphis Grizzlies team. Though we did see the results of a shorthanded opponent on Tuesday against the Miami Heat. But uh, it's a Memphis team that uh, we made the mention on the show yesterday with Camille and I. If if you can name the starters for the Memphis Grizzlies, you are a true basketball sicko. Um, just looking at the game they played last night, so that's one thing to point out. The Grizzlies are on night two of a back-to-back, and they won last night beating the Houston Rockets. They're starters in that game. For the Grizzlies, Vince Williams Jr., Santi Aldama, Jaron Jackson Jr., Luke Kennard, and John Conchar. Those were the starters for the Memphis Grizzlies. They went 10 deep. The other five, again, G.G. Jackson, Zaire Williams, Derrick Rose, Jordan Goodwin, and Lamar Stevens. That's the state of the Memphis Grizzlies. Night two of a back-to-back, shorthanded team, though you look at the way that uh, G.G. Jackson and Vince Williams have been playing of late. Jaron Jackson uh, Jr. as well, they still have some challenges. And as Doc Rivers is quick to point out, they pay all these guys. They pay the other team. They pay the guys that aren't playing either. Um, so every night presents challenges in the NBA. We don't know the injury front for the Grizzlies yet, with it being night two of a back-to-back. They have not submitted their injury report. The Bucks have. And a very little surprise here. Chris Middleton once again has been ruled out with that left ankle sprain Giannis and Damian Lillard are both listed as probable. The ankle inflation for Dame, the right knee tendinitis for Giannis as they have appeared on the past few injury reports. So, again, no real surprise there, but this is very much a take-care-of-business game for the Milwaukee Bucks, a get-right game uh, that this team is going to need heading into the All-Star break. We're going to get into the layout for the rest of the uh, season the standings, all of that coming up just a little bit later in the show. You got a little bit of help last night. You didn't get the help that you needed. And that's the challenge for this Bucs team is trying to bring everything together in these final less than 30 games that the Bucs have remaining uh, in this season now. That's that's the one thing that's notable is how much time is slipping by here. When the uh, break comes up, Bucks will have played 56 games. You got 26 games left in the second half schedule. The uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to have 29 left. The Boston Celtics are going to have 27 left. But just 26 games left for the Bucs. And where they currently sit, behind the Cavaliers, I'm not even going to mention the Boston Celtics because with 27 games left, including tonight, and eight games to make up in the loss column, I'll never say never but that is going to be quite a bit of work to catch the Boston Celtics. You really have to set your sights on the Cavaliers who are in front of you as the 2 seed and again there's some challenges with that as we went through on the last show and we'll get to a little bit later here. The point we're trying to make is 26 games is not a whole lot of time and that's, you know, the misconception that a lot of people have talked about. It's not exactly underreported. But of the All-Star break it is nowhere near the midpoint of the season. It's basically two-thirds of the way through the season. It's a nice chance to recharge. And I think when you look at a team like the Bucks, you could make a very strong case. There may not be another team in the league that needs the All-Star break at this moment as much as the Milwaukee Bucks do. So I, I do believe this is coming at the most ideal time for the Bucs here, but it, it just compounds everything you're going to need to accomplish in the second half of the season and again it's just 26 games that you have to uh, to do that we've talked about the defensive growth that we've seen the progress we continue to see up until that game against the miami heat uh, just the other night but as as doc rivers was quick to point out it wasn't really our defense that that i had any problems with or issues with in in, in viewing how was this game lost again. A lot of the same that we heard, not just with Doc. We heard a lot of this with Adrian Griffin as well. The offense kind of put our defense in a bad spot. And and I think a lot of times earlier in the season when we would hear that, it was easy to dismiss and roll your eyes. But I I do think it was illuminated in that game against the Miami Heat. And we've seen more of the understanding behind that in these 12 games that you have played now since a coaching change. it's, It's no shot at Adrian Griffin. It's just saying, look, we have clearly seen market improvement and more progress from this team on the defensive front in these uh, past 12 games than we did at any point uh, during those games preceding that, in, in the, what, uh, 35 games, 45 games prior um, to that where the Bucs currently sit. So that's the big difference that uh, you're seeing from this Bucks team. This Memphis Grizzlies team that you're seeing tonight, again, when you look up and down All of the metrics out here, you would really struggle to find one area where Memphis stands out as as doing something well. I'm going to use cleaning the glass for this versus the NBA stats and and take out the garbage time. Going off of those numbers, the Memphis Grizzlies have the worst offense in the league with a 108.8 offensive rating. They are second to last in effective field goal percentage. They're in the bottom five in turnover percentage for their offense. They're in the bottom 10 in offensive rebounding. Part of that too, you don't have Steven Adams with the injury and then you trade him. Um, And they're in the bottom five in the rate that they get to the free throw line. So every single one of the four factors on offense, effective field goal percentage, turnover percentage, offensive rebounding and free throws. The Grizzlies are in the bottom 10. And in most of those, they're in the bottom five defense has been better but not by much in terms of their defensive efficiency. They're 13th with a 115.1 uh, defensive rating. And again, this is using cleaning the glasses numbers for context. The Bucs are at a 117 for the season as a whole. So the Grizzlies' defense, for everything that we've mentioned about the Bucs, they've only been slightly better than the Bucks' season uh, as a whole. And again, they've dealt with a lot more injuries than have the Bucs, but it's it's still a little jarring when you look at a team that you know albeit not right now, but on the roster has a guy like Marcus Smart and Jaron Jackson Jr. and other capable defenders. Not a whole lot of separation start to finish what we've seen defensively from both the Bucks and uh, the Grizzlies. They're in the middle of the pack, too, and the effective field goal percentage for their opponent. In other words, they allow some quality shots, right? Right around league average quality shots that they're allowing to the opposition. They're not a good defensive rebounding team in the bottom 10 there. And they do follow quite a bit, putting the opponent at the line. So these are all the areas we circle and point to when we say this should be a get right game. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a 30 plus point margin of victory as we saw against the Hornets twice now. Uh, but you do have to see a win and you have to see some improvement in those areas. We've, we've spent quite a bit of time talking about the defense and the growth that we've seen there. And I know this is another game where you're not going to have Chris Middleton, but... Not that we've dismissed a lot of the offensive chatter for this Bucks team. We haven't spent as much time digging into it because this has not been a healthy team, right? And, and I'm not going to drone over this, but again, this is going to be the seventh game for all intents and purposes since this change was made that you are playing without Chris Middleton. Three of the games you played without Brooke Lopez, two of those without Damian Lillard. In one of those games, you didn't have any of those three. So that's been a big part of the offensive issues. That being said, tonight is a night where you need to see a step forward for the offense. It doesn't necessarily have to be more and more two-man game from Giannis and Damian Lillard. But with those numbers that we just rattled through, the struggles for this Memphis Grizzlies team, the only thing they do well defensively is cause some turnovers. Third best in the league there. Um, You need to see a marked improvement from this offense. And efficiency is the word that you're looking for. Because the Grizzlies have given up those types of looks to their opponent, you'd love to see a nice Damian Lillard game to get him going into the All-Star break, but more of that efficiency that we've seen of late from Giannis is another big one on the agenda for the Bucs this evening in Memphis. So again, no injury report yet for the Memphis Grizzlies, having just played last night. Uh, But with the Bucs, we do know Chris Middleton is out, and we expect that Giannis and Damian Lillard We'll both be playing as uh, listed as probable in tonight's contest. So I mentioned uh, what we've seen, parallels perhaps. Are there any that exist between this team right now and the last time the Bucs wrapped up a first-half schedule in Memphis? We all know what happened after that. We'll get into that discussion and take a a closer look at some of these defensive metrics for the Bucs that we've been seeing for these 13 games now. Coming up after the break on Locked on Well, Hungry Root is here to solve all of the issues you've been running into with your weekly meal prep. They are your partner for healthy living. It's the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. All you have to do to get started is take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get you to your personal health goals. They'll get to know what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you have available to use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all the groceries you'll need for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. You can take their suggestions or you can choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and so much more. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good. It has got to be quick to make. has to contain whole, trusted ingredients. So save hours planning, shopping, and cooking. Hungry Root delivers food you will love. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On Bucks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. All you have to do is go to hungryroot.com slash locked on, and you'll get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That is hungryroot.com slash locked on. Don't forget to use our link so they know Locked On Bucks sent you. Should also remind you as well that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. And it can all also be found on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts you have come to expect from Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. First half coming to an end here in Memphis against the Grizzlies. And again, to to say struggle would be putting it mildly for this uh, Memphis Grizzlies team. Um, But I I point this out because I had mentioned this before. In 2021, the final game the Bucs played before the All-Star break was in Memphis against the Grizzlies. And that was a year where there was quite a bit of change. 50% of your roster coming into the season was new. Um, Drew Holiday was the biggest change there, but Bobby Portis, you think about him, you also had a pair of guys that were traded at the trade deadline or just before it. When you think about DJ Augustine, another one of those additions in the offseason, DJ Wilson as well, that's when you brought in PJ Tucker. So there was a lot of change you were navigating. You also changed some things defensively as the arrival of Drew Holiday Brought a lot more switching and different looks defensively. We saw a few, few instances of zone early in that season, but it took time for the Bucs to learn their new teammates, for Drew Holiday to learn his as well. It wasn't until the final game, really, against the Memphis Grizzlies, the Bucs won it on that Drew Holiday game winner. And then after that, coming out of the All-Star break, the Bucs won their next seven games, totaling up an eight-game win streak. It was that moment. Where you felt like we're starting to see what we feel like this team was going to be with that addition of Drew Holiday, and it just felt like things were starting to fall into place for the Bucks. Now you find yourself in a similar spot where you've had quite a bit of change. Um, obviously, Drew Holiday and Damian Lillard is the biggest of that. You changed a coach not once but twice. You've tinkered with some of the rotational players. You think about the young guys that were getting heavier minutes early in the season. You've still seen some minutes for A.J. Green, and I think you've seen a lot from A.J. Green. But there continues to be this evolving sense of change with this Bucks team, and it's very easy to make that comp and say, okay, here we go. A lot of change. Maybe it's been underwhelming and disappointing, um, but here we see the Bucs still with the third-best record in the Eastern Conference. you still got a chance at that number-two seed and more importantly you know a chance to finish with the second best record in basketball depending on what the western conference teams do at the all-star break in 2021 bucks entered at 22 and 14 looking at the eastern conference the other teams that you had the brooklyn nets 24 and 13 76ers 24 and 12 so again the bucks found themselves in third place in the east at the break in 2000 21. Now, what does stand out is the differences that we did see in terms of where their ratings sat, but what is very similar is it was an offensive team. At the break, the Bucs had a 117 offensive rating that year. That was second best in the league, trailing only the Brooklyn Nets, who had a 118.2 offensive rating. Second best offense for the Bucs, a 110.4 defensive rating, ranked 12th. So you were just outside of the top ten in your defense. You are elite offensively, and again, that was a year where you had a number of teams. A one ten was twelfth best for the Bucs. Right now, that would be second or third best in the Eastern Conference. So it shows you how much offense has grown. Your defense was fine; it wasn't the staple we had seen in years past, but it was still good enough that the Bucs were second in net rating. Those are the major differences that uh, that do stand out. But again. Second-best offense in the league, 12th in defense. Not too far away from where the Bucs currently are, though. What we've seen recently with the offense, that's pushed them down. So here at the break, this is obviously not including your final game in Memphis against the Grizzlies. Fifth-best offense for the Bucs at 119.1. They're going to enter the break with the third-best record in the Eastern Conference. But they're fifth in offense. Their defense is a 115.9. That is still 17th, but as we mentioned on the last few shows, you're basically a point per 100 possessions away from cracking that top 14, potentially 13, and from there, it's it's very close, and a lot of teams lumped up. So if you continue to do what you're doing defensively, you're moving in that direction. We saw the elite offense a good enough defense, and, and really that's the model. We point to what Denver did statistically speaking, what the Bucks did in the first half is, is really what you're looking for. Elite offense, defense that was just good enough, 12th best in the league, and that produced the second best net rating. In the games played in the second half of the season, the Bucs offense got better, or excuse me, got a little worse, finished seventh in those games, a so 116.1, so a couple of points per 100 possessions worse. Defense also worse as we saw offense start to climb around the league at a 111, but that was good enough to jump up in 2-9. So you finished that season really a tale of two halves where you're just outside of the top 10 defensively, um, elite offensively in the first half, and then in that second half in the top 10 in offense, in the top 10 in defense, and fifth best in terms of your net rating. It may not line up with how we view that second half schedule. Of Man, that's when the Bucks really started to take off. And again, they were much better or had a better record I should say, but you saw other teams in the East start to put it together. Doc Rivers, Philadelphia 76ers had the best record in the Eastern Conference. The Atlanta Hawks as well after they had just made that coaching change to bring in um, uh, Nate McMillan. And that was another boost for the Atlanta Hawks. The record didn't necessarily match up with how the Bucks were playing, but the optics did. And I bring all that up because the Bucs' fifth worst record down the stretch in the Eastern Conference, or fifth best, I should say. You had the Hawks, the Sixers, the Brooklyn Nets, fourth best, I beg your pardon. Those three teams finishing in front of them. But the record was, you know, I feel like we're we're seeing much better play from this team in the second half, and we're seeing things that'll work in the postseason. And it does feel like that's what we've seen For these last 10 or so games, nine games, somewhere around that, since Doc Rivers came in, the offense is the big one, and that is fair to circle and say we do need to see some improvement there, but you haven't been healthy, so you need to see this team get their players um, together. Defensively, though, what you're looking for is that continued growth. You've gone from 22nd to 17th for your overall metrics to date. If you can finish... This regular season, if we look at the uh, the numbers that the Bucs will have posted from the time of the coaching change forward, if you can stay in that top 10, top 7, top 8, somewhere in that mix, that's going to go a long way in drilling in some of these things and, and differences that we're seeing from this defense. Because, look, the belief is... I know the offense has gone through struggles in these 10 games. It's going to get there. We've heard Doc Rivers continue to put an emphasis on we got to get Damian Lillard going. We'd love this two-man game with Damian Giannis. We don't want to overuse it, but we got to find ways. If you read between the lines, what Doc Rivers is saying is: I want more Damian Lillard. I know Giannis is great. He's been incredibly efficient this year. I, I looked at his numbers, by the way, for since January 1st. Of I, I wonder the MVP discussion, which by the way, Camille and I. Uh, We'll get into next week on the show, as I've seen a few people in the comments already questioning, why is Camille not on the show? Uh, Other obligations for Camille, and she's resting a bit of a sore throat, but we're going to get into the MVP discussion and some of the numbers for Giannis. Just looking at the numbers since January 1st, wondering, I wonder if these have started to really jump up efficiency-wise. The thing that stands out the most about Giannis is really how consistent he has been all season long. Damian Lillard is a big part of that with the spacing that he's helped create, even Malik Beasley, right? But now you feel like you've had that efficiency with Giannis. You don't want to risk losing that, but I think the big, big operative for Doc Rivers in this second half schedule is going to be, how do we get Damian Lillard unlocked? He's already mentioned a couple of those things, getting the ball in his hands more. He'd like to see more Damian Lillard leading the charge in transition, noting, look, I know Giannis is a great ball handler. He can facilitate and make plays, but I just want to be Dame. I want Dame to be the guy that's getting things going there, bringing the ball up the floor, and it's going to make Giannis even more deadly as a player in transition without the ball. So that's the big thing to keep an eye on in the second half is, okay, can we start to see this offense um, get unlocked here and start to find some things with Doc Rivers at the uh, at the helm um, to keep an eye on in the second half? Because – If you can see that defense continue to do what they have largely done for these last 13 games, the reality is the Bucs are in a very good spot. Now, there are going to be some challenges and some some potentially very terrifying challenges given the way this Eastern Conference looks. I do want to spend the final segment of the show taking a look at that, of the results we saw last night, where things currently sit. Again, we know the Bucs will enter the break with the third-best record in the Eastern Conference, but the schedule that's in front of the Bucs, the rest of the standings, what are the most likely scenarios and what are the pros and cons of those? We will get into that discussion coming up after the break on Lock On Fox. Well, did you even know that if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Hood Gold. But get this. Now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right. No cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. The offer is only good through April 30th, so get started at Robinhood.com boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker-dealer. Okay, so again, we're going to get into the Honest MVP discussion because uh, it has been quite a discussion that we've seen um, popping up, I, I do want to get to some of the chatter that I know a lot of Bucks fans have some thoughts on from the NBA today segment. Take a look at the uh, rest of the Eastern uh, Conference or, or the the rest of the other candidates for MVP, as well as it continues to get to very, very interesting. Um, some I suppose breaking news that we're seeing develop here from the Patrick Beverly podcast is Danilo Gallinari is expected to sign with either the Clippers or the Bucks, according to Pat Beverly on his podcast recently bought out. And, you know, he would give you some of what you look for from Bobby Portis, maybe not the rebounding that you look for, for Bobby in that intensity, but he would give you a stretch for, that can knock down some shots, has played in some big moments in the postseason, was previously a sharpshooter, obviously has some experience with Doc Rivers, dating back to those Clippers days. Uh, So according to Pat Beverly, who comes to Milwaukee and continues to make an impact on the floor defensively, and now his podcast, starting some breaking news here, um, the Bucs and the Clippers, the two teams expected to land Danilo Gallinari um, after his buyout. So we will certainly monitor that, Moving forward here in these uh, next couple of days over the course of the all-star break, maybe we'll have some Danilo Gallinari news on the uh, the show next week. But um, before we do get to those those thoughts on, on the standings and what we're seeing, again, we still got shows every single day next week. We're going to do some more live shows as we are right now. I know there were some uh, questions over whether or not it's actually live in the comments. We are going to do some live shows, Camille and I. Um, we're going to take a look at some of this Giannis MVP chatter. We're going to revisit the trade and take a look at some of the numbers from drew holiday in his new spot, Damian Lillard. We're obviously well familiar are well aware of the numbers that he's posting. So we'll revisit that deal and get into some more high level discussions. And yes, we hope to have our old friend make his return to the show as well. Still finalizing some things there, um, but still a lot that we've got planned and recaps of all-star weekend and the all-star game. So a lot that we've got planned, during the break on locked on bucks. The last thing to get to here is as you look at the standings, bucks are going to go into the break with the third best record. They are currently three games back in the loss column of the Cavaliers. And look, it puts even more importance on this game tonight. I I said from the top, when you got into these final five games, the four games at home and this game in Memphis, yada, yada, yada. You, You don't look past your opponents. You don't take anybody lightly. We all get that, but you did have to kind of view things as we're circling the game in Memphis and we're circling the home game against the Charlotte Hornets because look at the other teams on that schedule, the Denver Nuggets, the Miami Heat, Minnesota Timberwolves. Those are going to be challenging games. So we've got to get these two games. And from there, if we get two of the others, three, great. If we get one of the others, fine. We go three and two going into the break. No pressure, but it means today is a huge game for the Bucs. You cannot let this one slip away. So the standings, you're three back of the Cavs in the loss column. If you drop to four, it's not a disaster. It's certainly suboptimal. I point all this out because the Cavaliers also have a better divisional record than the Bucks. You did not win the head-to-head tiebreaker. You didn't lose it. You split those four games but you think back to in years past, and I think first and foremost, this speaks to just how good the Cavaliers and Pacers have been this season. The fact that the Chicago Bulls have been a 500 team, essentially, 26 and 29. They have been improved. In years past, there was a five-year stretch under Mike Budenholzer where the Bucks would dominate their, their division. You would play 16, 17, 18 games, and it wasn't uncommon for the Bucks to win 15 16 of those games lose one or two games within the division this year the bucks are nine and seven in divisional games cavaliers are eight and four so you really really needed that one last night their win over the chicago bulls that would have dropped the Cavs to uh seven and five and started to to kind of shorten some of that gap the bucks are going to have to go so not only are you going to have to make up some games here against the Cavaliers? And you need Cleveland to stop winning at the rate that they've been winning at, but you need these losses for the Cavaliers uh, to start to pile up in divisional matchups. Again, they beat the bulls last night. They have another game left with the bulls uh, in Chicago. They have a game in Detroit against the Pistons, which should not present uh, very many challenges. And uh, they have two games left with the Indiana Pacers, a home and home. So that's, the divisional slate left for the Cleveland Cavaliers to wrap up this uh, this regular season here. For the Bucs, you don't have a whole lot. You're on the road in Chicago against the Bulls, and that's it. So you just got one more divisional game. Best case scenario for the Bucs is a 10-7 and divisional record. You would need the Cavaliers to lose three of their remaining four games in the division. So not only do you need them to start dropping games, you need them to drop 75% of their games that they have left within division. Otherwise, they're going to need to lose even more games. So I know could have been confusing the way I worded it. It's to point out you need a lot to happen. You need to play lights-out basketball down the stretch. You need Cleveland to start losing more. You need them to lose those divisional games, which is easier said than done. Three seems like it is the most likely landing spot for the Bucs. They have the third most challenging schedule left in the NBA, most difficult in the uh, Eastern Conference as well. And and it's by a wide margin that the Bucs currently sit with those challenges. Um, You look at, conversely, the Boston Celtics in the bottom five, Miami Heat in the bottom five, the Cavaliers, middle of the pack, the Knicks are at the middle of the pack. So your path is much more challenging than those teams. Sixers are are in the top 10 in terms of most challenging. So it is very likely, given the schedule that the Cavaliers have and given the schedule that the Bucs have, the fact that they've already baked in that three-game advantage in the loss column, they have a better divisional record, you're very likely to finish third in the East. We've spent some time talking about disaster, maybe a bit harsh, but what it would mean for finishing fourth if that is the case, that you would all of a sudden be presented with, you're likely playing the 76ers in the first round, maybe Joel Embiid just returned, maybe he's about to make his return. So facing the potential path of, we could get Philly with a returning Joel Embiid, with a Tyrese Maxey that's been an all-star caliber player this year, Tobias Harris, they just added a piece as well in Buddy Heald, we may get Philadelphia and Kyle Lowry in the first round. You get through that, you go through Boston. You get through that, you have whoever wins the other half of the bracket. So we've spent some some time saying you got to avoid that. I don't think it would reduce anxiety when you look at what the most likely scenario is for the Bucs as the three seed. But again, this just shows you the difference between finishing third and fourth that even with the potential for the first-round opponent that we're about to say here, it's still a much preferred option than finishing fourth. If you finish third, the reality is you are very likely getting either the Pacers or the Miami Heat in the first round. So all the chatter of the Pacers winning four out of five games against the Bucks, though I will note those five games were played with a different coach than Doc Rivers. And as we mentioned, you've seen a lot different uh, approaches or a much different approach defensively, specifically the way the Bucs tailored their defense to individual players like Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic in recent games. So that is one major difference that's worth pointing out. But still, the Pacers team that is not afraid of you, that has won four out of five games this season, and it's a Miami Heat team that just bounced you in the first round last year and saved for that one year where, again, the Bucs won a championship beating the Miami Heat in the first round, they have owned you. So that's another one of those ironic coincidences that we could potentially be facing with this upcoming season. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. So again, no official word yet, but um, Patrick Beverly <laughs> breaking the news that it's down to reportedly the Los Angeles Clippers and the Bucks. For Danilo Gallinari on the buyout market, so we'll keep an eye on that throughout the course of this uh, this day and next couple of days. Um, here, Camille and Frank will be back tonight with the post game show for the Bucks and the Grizzlies, and then again, Camille and I will be back next week. I believe we are going to do the live show again on uh, Sunday, Sunday late morning, early afternoon, and uh, plenty of shows next week as well. And we have seen the uh, the chatter. We know how much you guys missed Kane Pittman and loved him. We do too. So we're still working on getting Kane Pittman back on the show uh, next week during the All-Star break. So still a lot coming up here on the show next week. Camille and Frank tonight with the post-game show. Be sure to stick around for that. And we will talk to you once again tomorrow with more Locked on Bucks.